Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome back to Smack Talk Live. Tony Colombo. Dennis Farrell. Tony, you ready for the 10s? Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I love these countdown shows. Uh, I love that we're doing them. These are some of my favorite things to do whenever I'm talking wrestling. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready. This is going to be good. So what is today's 10s? I'm going to let you introduce it. Thank you. Uh, today's 10s is uh, about the hardest thing you could do in wrestling because there's so many good ones. Uh, but we decided to try to tackle this topic anyway. We are going to do our favorite heels slash villains in wrestling history. And like we do with everything that we talk about here on Smack Talk Live, we are basically limiting this to WWF, WWE, WCW. So um, I'm sure that there's some legendary heels from Japan and other places, but um, we will be dealing with WCW, WWF, and uh, WCW for this discussion. So I don't know how you narrowed it down to 10. It wasn't easy for me. I went through a couple lists, and even today, I've changed my list around again. Uh, I, we, were afforded, yeah. we were afforded that opportunity, and you won the coin flip, which means you have home field advantage in the picks. So, Tony, do you want first pick or second pick? I'll go first for now, and then about halfway through, let's, let's uh, flip-flop and let you go first after about halfway. Sounds How's good. Sound? And without further right. ado, let's start with your number 10. My number 10, and uh, once again, these are our favorites. I understand uh, it's, it's the, way, the reason I say that is because for me to rank these by t- top 10 is nearly impossible. So the difference between, say, number 10 and number 6 or 7 is minuscule. So don't get so hung up on exact numbers, at least in these early rounds. Number 10 for me is the... I believe probably the most legendary heel of the 1980s, and that is the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase, when I was growing up, was always in the thick of the main event scene, and he was always the antagonist. He was always the villain for so many years, it seemed like. He never got he never got the title he wanted, which... Um, uh, he could be debated as a bad as a bad move by WWE WWF at the time. It would have been uh, compelling to see a million dollar man title run, but he was always in the mix as far as villains were concerned in the eighties. So he had to be on the list for me. My number ten, and it was a very short career for this hill. And uh, going back, I wish I could move him up, but it, it, as far as time goes, to just even get him on the list was tough. But Andy Kaufman. Oh, what a good pick. Thank uh, you. Dennis Farrell coming out of the box with a shocker. You, you know, to me, the short time that Andy Kaufman was, uh, you know, in the wrestling scene with Jerry the King Lawler, 
It put them both yeah. on the map. It put wrestling on the map on late night TV when otherwise it was just a joke to mainstream media. So to me, Andy Kaufman, number 10. Yeah. If you ever get yourself a chance as a wrestling fan, and Dennis, you may have heard it, um, there's a couple of podcasts out there. I want to say the Stone Cold podcast is a, is a particularly good one. Where Jerry Lawler, long form, tells the entire story of his relationship with Andy Kaufman. It's like 45 minutes long, but it is amazing. It is just amazing the whole to hear every bit of history of that um, relationship is just amazing stuff. So go check it out. What's your my number nine? Yeah, my number nine. goes right in step with my number 10 as far as being an, an all-time antagonist. It was hard for me to put people on this list that were great heels but also were great babyfaces at some part of their career. Now, granted, maybe somebody, uh, maybe a couple people on my list were heels or were faces at one point of their career, but I I tried to stick with people that were most known for their heel persona and spent the majority of their career in that heel persona, and this guy fits in to that perfectly, and that is Ravishing Rick Rude. Rick Rude is my number nine. He, much like the Million Dollar Man, spent essentially his entire career as a heel and as a very high-level heel, somebody that if you wanted to, as a, as a face, get to that next level, you had to go through Rick Rude. He had a great uh, intercontinental title run also, a uh, great feud with the Ultimate Warrior, and just years and years of being a bad guy. I mean, he used to put his opponent's wives' mm-hmm. face on his crotch, for God's sakes. How, what, what more dastardly move could you do than that? So Rick Root is my number nine. My number nine uh, goes lockstep kind of with yours. When you think of Ravishing Rick Root, you think of Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. That's my number mm. nine. Uh, nice. one, one of the greatest intercontinental champions out there. Never really got his just due for uh, being a world champion. But, you know, the, the turn on the four horsemen that he did in WCW and Kurt Henning was one of those guys that would be, you know, involved with a Hill faction and even turn on those guys. So for that, number yeah. nine. Yes. Yes. The inventor of the term swerve, I believe, also. Um, my number eight, I am going to go to the current roster and somebody who I believe is doing the best work of his career right now as a heel. Some people, I think, are not going to like this because they just don't like this guy, and, and I understand that. But this guy is a great heel right now, and that is The Miz. I hate you. The That's Miz. such a great one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thank you. The, the Miz is – he's been a face briefly. That didn't work out very well. The Miz gets a lot of heat, sometimes the wrong kind of heat. But, man, he is such a good heel right now. I've told people if you want to make if you want to get Roman Reigns over with the crowd, which seems to be impossible, put him in there with the Miz because the Miz finds a way to always make everybody hate him. So 
he's represented on this list for me at number eight. That's so good. I am so I am so mad I missed that one because <laughs> I've even the score after Manny Kaufman. Uh, my number eight was just like your number nine, I believe, is Ravishing Rick Rude. How do we leave him yes. off the list? I mean, everything yes. he's done from degrading the women in the crowd to his strip tease, it was everything he did mm-hmm. got heat. And I just, I loved him for that. And you're right. The yep. putting the wives' faces on the crotch and just, I mean, being <laughs> downright dirty and then, oh, I ravishing recruit, my number eight. Love it. My number seven, is that where we're at? That is. Uh, 10, 9, 8, 7 is for me, the person that was a wrestler also. But for my generation, for me, more the voice of the heels, the broadcast voice of the heels, and that is Jesse the Body Ventura. I, as a child, I remember I couldn't understand why there was a person in the booth with either Vince McMahon or Gorilla Monsoon that was sticking up for all of these dastardly moves that these guys were making and making excuses and, and saying why what they were doing was right. It was like, what is this guy talking about? I was just as mad at Jesse for saying it was okay to do these dastardly things as I was the villain for doing them. So for me, Jesse the Body Ventura is number seven on the list. Amazing sleeper pick because that's another one that uh, slipped through my fingers and I kind of shake my head going, how did I miss that one? So, Tony, Amazing. <laughs> My number Thank seven you. is the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. I had him a little bit ah, higher. There you go. Because never, yeah. never once was he a face. And you know, shoving right. money in people's mouths, the way he made Virgil at one point in the '80s a super face. You know, the way he treated him, and mm-hmm. then when Virgil turned, we—I mean, I geeked out on that moment when he turned. And oh I, yeah, I found myself cheering for a guy that had no real talent, no real personality, nothing. And you know, for a brief couple months, he was a superstar in my eyes. It, it takes an yeah, amazing heel to do that. So Ted DiBiase. For everybody me. was waiting for Virgil. Yeah, great one. And everybody was waiting for Virgil to to. To finally fight back against Ted DiBiase, and what he did, it was amazing stuff. And it may not have been the first time, but it was the first time I remember someone buying a championship, not having to wrestle for it, and not even cheating, but buying it. Yes, yes, yeah. No bigger scum move than that. All right, I am going to go with my number six pick, a guy who has – this is the one pick that sort of defies the – wait a minute, I thought you said you didn't want to put a guy who had big face runs on this list. But I feel like this guy is a legend, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and his best work, in my eyes, has been as a heel, including what he's doing right now in the business, and that is Chris Jericho, Y2J himself. Um, Go ahead. I I can't argue with that. I am a Jericho-holic. That is probably my top two favorite wrestlers. Okay. All right. Then as a Jericho-holic, you feel like heel Jericho or face Jericho is more compelling and more fun to watch. Heel Jericho, but humor Jericho is right up there, which can go either way. Yeah, which can go either way. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of old school, all the way from the list now to old school WCW, um, pinning guys with the one foot on their chest, you know, while flexing and screaming, come on, baby, and, you know, just ripping it. Like you said, being insult Jericho, but in, but heel insult Jericho, mocking baby faces with their own 
uh, catchphrases and, you know, and reading the, the list of 1,004 holds that he knows against, you know, Dean Malenko when, during that feud. I, I just feel like he is one of the greatest, and he is at his best when he is a funny heel. So he's on my list at number six. My num- number six, sir. My, my number six, along the same lines where a lot of people might remember him as a face, but to me, his best work, and I might be wrong with my math, but he may have been a heel just as long as a face, but to me, Sergeant Slaughter, when he turned and went Iraqi with the Iron Cheek, mm. and I mean, mm-hmm. there, there, there was... Now there's a good one. That, that one hurt as a kid. That hit me right when being impressionable and going... He just did that. I, I can, you know, and and still being on during the war. Yeah, and you know, I'm still showing up on episodes of GI Joe where he's good, and you're like, what's going on here? And right. you know, hitting people with Saddam Hussein's boot. Uh, you know, yes, I, yeah. I, I'm sorry, he was but friends with Saddam Hussein and an Iraqi sympathizer during the war. I mean, how could you be any more heel than that? It, uh, let's make our switch here. Let's do our switch here. Whenever you're. Um, uh, ready, let's have you start with your number five. My number five, and I wish I could have put them higher, but it was really hard for me, the fabulous Freebirds. I mean, they have their own tag team rules. Oh, still, what a good one. Still today being used now by the New Day, which is phenomenal. I think the New Day needs to utilize it a little bit more. But, I mean, they wore – they're from Bad Street, USA. You, where Where is that at? The baddest street in the whole USA. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – I, everything and they were never once faces and you know you take michael p.s hayes out of that and you know he was all right but together those guys were just phenomenal heels yeah agreed that well done i'm jealous of that one i for my number five am going to go with a legendary heel the iron sheik the iron sheik i think in real life enjoys the persona of being a heel to this day if you follow him on twitter he's still ripping wrestlers uh celebrities people in the government he's jabroni and everybody the iron sheik is a legend and he is a legendary heel so i'm going with him as my number five over to you for number four my number four is jake the snake roberts i mean the way Um, the way he just did Macho Man Randy Savage with the the wedding present and the snake and then tying him up in the ropes and getting bit and, you know, everything he's done throughout his history. And, I mean, even being the stepping stone to Austin 316, I it's hard to keep Jake the Snake Roberts off this list. And I think you and I were kind of talking a little bit last night where, you know, we didn't tell each other who our picks were, but Jake's, Jake's right. name came up and you said it's hard to put Jake on this list just because of – you know, the resurgence of Jake the Snake, where now we're cheering for him. Yeah. And it, it's hard sometimes. The, the waters get muddied with the new Jake Roberts and the old Jake Roberts. I left him off the list for that reason. Um, but he was in my notes, somebody that I that I strongly considered putting on my list and that you did because everything you just said is absolutely right. Um, my number four is Stephanie McMahon. Mm, nice. We knew a McMahon would be on this. We knew a McMahon would be on this list. I didn't want to put a guy like Triple H because Triple H has had some awesome face runs, uh, particularly with DX. Um, 
he's a great heel, but I feel like Triple H, unlike Chris Jericho, uh, Triple H's best work has been sort of split between his heel work and his face work. Stephanie, as a member of the authority and other parts of her career, she, she had a couple brief, she had a couple face moments when she was a little bit younger, but she is a nasty, nasty heel when she wants to be of just emasculating wrestlers, uh, huge men in the ring like the Big Show, making them cry, uh, slapping the taste out of their mouth, and they can't do anything about it. There are times maybe that she even gets the wrong kind of heat where you just don't even want to look at her anymore, but she is an evil person and can turn that on when she wants to be, and so I put her on the list at number four. Uh, Top three. Start us off. All right, so I had a different setup from last night to today. I, I I had an epiphany, and there were names I felt like I had on there that probably were deserving, but my mind had to be kicked off. For my number three, okay. the NWO. Uh, you know, okay. I had to switch it up, and, you know, when you thought of a organization that basically saved WCW while beating up everybody in the locker room and changing yeah. the way wrestling was done, an organization that took a Hulk Hogan character who was a massive baby face and in just a snap of a finger, he's getting cups yeah. and things thrown at him. One of the, phenomenal. Yeah. In the run that it took before it started to get old was phenomenal. So I had to put the NWO on there. I like it. I like it. I, you know, I think that maybe I didn't put them on there because I rooted for the NWO so much of the time. There were times when I hated the NWO. Um, I'm a huge mark for Sting, so there was a lot of times when I, you know, was was anti NWO and rooting against them. But I guess just looking back, I look at them as just so freaking cool. Um, that's why they slipped by me. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Uh, for my number three. I'm going to go with, I guess, now that I think about this, with you putting the NWO on there, maybe I was in the same mindset as you, but I just focused it a little bit. For my number three, I'm going with Eric Bischoff. Love it. Eric Bischoff pissed me off when I was a kid. And not a kid, when I was, when I was a young adult. When he was running with Hulk Hogan, and much like Stephanie McMahon, he was this person that couldn't fight a wrestler, but had no problem just eviscerating them and talking crap and doing just horrible thing. And the fact that he was the owner, which could be a little uh, foreshadowing, uh, was the, he was not the owner, but he was the boss. And so he could use that power corruptly and do terrible things to people with it. I put Eric Bischoff as my number Three. Number two for you, sir. My number two is a staple of of being a hill. It's Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, how do you uh, leave him off the list? It's You could say the same thing for him as you said about Jake Roberts. The m- waters got muddied. It was hard to you know remember him being a bad guy when he was such a good guy later in his life. But when he was evil, he was evil. He helped create Hulk Hogan. He made Superfly Jimmy Snook a, a valuable commodity. I, I mean, you look at some of the top memories in you know WWE, maybe even WCW. It's Roddy Piper's face there. Yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with that. 
I did leave him off the list for all the same reasons that we talked about with Jake Snake. But Roddy Piper being – I mean, he painted half himself black at one point. I mean, he couldn't even, he couldn't even consider doing that. Now you get fired. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew how to push buttons. He knew how to be a bad guy. He was such – he was so good at being a heel that Vince McMahon trusted him with being in the main event at the very first WrestleMania to be the antagonist against Hulk Hogan. I mean, just it's, there you go, right there. Uh, my number two, we, we we could just go ahead and have this argument now because I think I think you know where we're both at here. Um, my number two, I wanted to put a manager on there. It came down between Bobby the Brain Heenan and Paul Heyman, and I went with Paul Heyman. Why? I went with Paul Heyman. Yep. I, I went with Paul Heyman because he, because Bobby the Brain Heenan, there was a couple of times in WCW, there were a couple moments in time when he was sort of a face announcer. He ended his career more, um, more as a face than a heel, whereas Paul Heyman has built an entire career off of being a lie, uh, lie to get whatever you want, sniveling, uh, just, just awful person. Uh, again, much like Eric and Stephanie, somebody that will just talk trash to wrestlers standing in their face and call all the while calling them sir. And you just know that you can't trust anything that comes out of his mouth. He's even turned on Brock Lesnar, his his golden goose in the past. So I decided to go with Paul Heyman. Go ahead with your number two, and I and I think you're going to make the case. Well, my number one. On the other side. My number one. We're at that time. We're at the ones. Oh, you're number one. From, yeah, you're number one. Sorry. Yes, from ten one. to one. Uh, we did not discuss this. This was not planned, but my number one was Bobby the Brain Heaton. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> for for all the reasons that you were not, you know, you put in there, you know, Bobby the Brain mm-hmm. Heaton was never once chaired. Every time he came out, you heard people chanting weasel. To me, when Paul Heyman gets chaired, cheered, which is, by the way, different wrestling fans, different kind of crowd. So it may not be fair for me to do this, but it's my list, so I can. Uh, to me... I, you know, a hill never once gets chaired, and this guy never once got it. And some of the most despicable things he's done to wrestlers, and I mean, even on the announce table, I you know I would put him up there equal with Ventura getting heat on the mic. I you know, and I don't know who came first. I think Ventura came, and then Bobby was probably an offshoot to that. Maybe there's a tree, but to me, right there, Bobby the Brain Heaton as as a manager was phenomenally hillish. There's there's nothing I can argue with there's nothing i can say to argue with that i i it was it was basically a toss-up for me between the two of them and so i'm glad that you put bobby the brain bobby the brain that high and uh on this list because he certainly deserves it my number one to things up call you know call call it taking the easy way out but i had to go with vince mcmahon Slash, Mr. McMahon. I, There's, it, it, I know, I, I know it's a cop out. I know it's the easy way out. But sometimes it's the easy way out and a cop out because it's just true. He launched the Attitude Era. He, he, 
he screwed Brett um, and, and started the whole thing. And then obviously him and Stone Cold just made magic and got me back into wrestling um, after I had grown up. I wasn't a kid anymore. I'd gotten away from it. But what him and Stone Cold did just made Raw must-see television. And you just hated Vince so much. And there was nothing that you wanted to see more than Stone Cold get his hands on Mr. McMahon. And so for me, he had to be number one. That's our tens. We're curious about your tens. You can reach out to us on social media. Tony, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at TonyColumbo971, all O's in Colombo. So at TonyColumbo971. Please give me a follow and please continue the, the discussion there. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Tony, that's the tens this week. Thank you, bud. This was a good one. It was a hard one, but it was a good one. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.